Welcome to the Gig Harbor Fly Show. This is Blake from the Gig Harbor Fly Shop, and we are continuing our series on fly fishing for sea run cutthroat trout in Puget Sound. And uh, we recently talked about uh, fly fishing tackle for cutthroat. And um, thanks for all your questions and those that responded to that. That was awesome. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna dive into talking about um, some other stuff today, like tides and some seasonality stuff like that. Um, and we get asked a lot about the tides. Um, people uh, a lot of times assume that uh, a high tide is good, um, or that an incoming tide is good. And um, and I've heard I've heard arguments for all sorts of different uh, different tides and tide stages and all sorts of stuff. What we have found is that uh, in general mornings um, are almost always better. The outgoing tide is uh, is also better especially a faster outgoing tide if a tide is an incoming tide in a slow incoming tide is great um, if it's an incoming tide in the morning that then goes to a fast outgoing tide um, into the afternoon that can be some really good fishing um, but it was it's really interesting because when i only fished the beach i i had um i had a particular um belief about tides that was radically shaken when I started fishing from a kayak. And uh, once I started fishing from a kayak, I was able to fish more, um, more spots when the water was up higher that I didn't have access to off the beach. Um, and especially like high tide stuff. And, and there were times where I was surprised to find fish actively feeding and um, and it, it kind of made me rethink what uh, what good tides are for cutthroat. Um, the the weather has something to do with it too, because uh, sometimes you can have great tides, and it can be a um, a hot sunny day in July, and um, and fishing can be you know pretty you know mediocre. Um, you know, maybe the fish aren't really responding to the fly, you know, super aggressively. Maybe they're kind of checking it out and then, and then turning off the fly. Uh, but you know, you could also have a tide that might be a mediocre tide, but, um, but maybe that in July, maybe that the next day that the tide's mediocre, but you have, uh, but it's overcast and you might have spectacular fishing. And so the, the conditions do play a part in that too. So the seasonality of of um, conditions is this is what I think about in the spring we can have some really good cutthroat fishing but it can also be really crummy and it it seems in my experience and I would love to hear from uh, maybe uh, if you're a, an experienced cutthroat angler I would love to hear your feedback on this um, but it seems like when the weather is uh, a little bit consistent uh, whether it's cloudy and drizzly or it's sunny out, or, you know, or whatever it is. If we have that weather, like for a few days, it seems like the fishing can be pretty good. But when we get those like spring days where it's like windy and blowing and crazy. And then the next day it's dumping rain. And then the next day it's sunny out and, and it just flip flops a lot. Uh, it seems like that, I mean, I have not found good fishing when that weather is just kind of flip-flopping back and forth and kind of just really chaotic and unpredictable. So, um, and I think, I think maybe in the fall as well, uh, I wonder if, if that has, um, if the fish behavior is similar because in the fall, it's, it's typically a really good time to fish. 
Um, but we have more consistent weather. Like if it's going to rain in the fall, it kind of rains for a few days, right? Uh, if it's going to be sunny, um, we'll get like stretches that are really nice. And it just seems like our fall weather is not quite as chaotic as our spring weather is as, as the seasons are turning. So um, in the spring, there's quite a few fish that have, uh, you know, recently spawned or maybe they're getting ready to spawn. Um, the time that when cutthroat spawn is actually fairly broad and it's very uh, dependent on um, it's dependent on water flows. And so a lot of our areas um, around Gig Harbor, we have a lot of small creeks and the fish, um, the fish wait for that water to jump up and run upstream to spawn. Um, I know there's other areas of the sound, like on the east side of, of Puget Sound, where there's uh, larger river systems. And many times those cutthroat will actually leave the salt water and go into those rivers in the fall. And uh, even in September, October, they'll, they'll dip into those rivers. Sometimes they dip in and, and come back out. Sometimes they, they go upstream and, and you know, hang out because there's salmon in the rivers and that brings in a lot of food in the form of kicking up uh, insects and displacing bait fish like sculpins to dropping eggs and uh, and then dying and having you know the salmon carcasses and so that you know so that's that's definitely uh, definitely a thing but um, but in the spring a lot of in our area there's a lot of small creeks so those fish will kind of congregate around those areas and, and I'm not saying go fish right at the mouth of a creek like throwing it into the the wash of the creek but um, but it, it's in general, they'll be, you know, within a mile or a half a mile or 100 yards. Or usually there's like some structure that is kind of holding those fish uh, and, and where they'll like to hang out. As the season progresses and we get into summer, the fish start to spread out during the summer. And um, I remember uh, one example of fish being spread out. I was fishing out on Hood Canal in the spring with clients and... Um, I, I really wish I could remember when this was, what month, but, but the story will, will illustrate the point. So, um, so we were fishing and fishing was amazing. We were pretty close to the mouth of this river and just pounding on fish. And it was, it was really, really, really good. They, the fish were feeding on chum fry. They were feeding on juvenile chum salmon that had, had recently hatched and were migrating out of the Creek. So, um, I, a couple weeks later, I went back to the same spot with a new set of clients, and I was I was pumped because I'm like, oh, man, this is the spot. I know there's still chum fry around, and even though we saw the chum fry, we didn't find any cutthroat. And we looked and we looked and we looked. Um, what we ended up going pedaling down the beach quite a bit with our Hobie kayaks, and and probably a mile and a half, maybe even it might even been over two miles. Um, all of a sudden we found the fish and there were still chum fry um, but we found the cutthroat feeding on them and those cutthroat had had moved a considerable distance from where I had seen them uh, just a short two weeks earlier and so I think as those cutthroats uh, start to spread out it might be in part because they're following along the that bait fish that they're feeding on um, you know, like, especially with like the chum fry hatch or, you know, or maybe they're just in search of other food that spreads them out. But regardless, in the summer, we find cutthroat more, uh, spread out along those cobble beaches. Uh, the Tacoma Narrows is a perfect example. Um, in the summer, you'll find some cutthroat down there. I've got a couple little spots that I love to hit that are, that are great. Um, 
But, uh, you know, sometimes we have anglers come in the shop and it's like February and, and we're like, hey, where are you going to go fish? And, and they were like, I'm going to go catch cutthroat down at the Narrows. And I'm like, oh, you might want to reconsider that. <laughs> like, and, they, you know, of course I say that, you know, I give the warning. And then, of course, you know, they go catch one. But, but it's only one, right? You know, it's never it's never red hot. Um, but if you think about it like that, the beach down at the Narrows, like what where what creek are those fish utilizing to spawn in like i mean there's creeks inside Wallachia bay uh to the west and then there's the creeks inside gig harbor to the east and those are a long ways from the narrows so um and that, i think that's why we don't find cutthroat down there in the uh really that much in the uh, late fall in the winter and the spring but then we find them there in the summertime in the fall, the fish will, well, before I jump into the fall, I will also say that in the summer is probably the time where we find the, the largest number of fish. And that is when a lot of the juvenile uh, cutthroat have moved out of the creeks and are out in the saltwater. Um, and, um, and so we end up starting to catch some smaller fish uh, in addition to the, the nicer ones. But in the fall, the fishing is spectacular. I think partly it has to do with the lower sun angle, more cloud cover. Um, um, I think that has a lot to do with it, more consistent weather. Um, but those fish in the late fall start to move and they start to move closer to their home stream, their home estuary. And, uh, and many times those fish will be very aggressive in, in feeding. And I don't know if it's because uh, you know, they're thinking about the spawn and they need to bulk up or, or what. But I also do know that, uh, that the fish on average will be largest in the, the late fall. So that November time period is, that's probably the time where your average size fish is, is the biggest. So um, just because of a lot of those, those little smolts and those small guys from, from uh, May, June, July, uh, they've grown up a, a little bit after feeding during the summer and, and early fall. The winter can actually be really good cutthroat fishing, but it, it just depends on where you're at, um, the conditions, tides, etc. Um, a lot of times those fish will be starting to move closer to their home streams and their, their creeks and stuff like that. And so uh, fishing close to a creek and finding you know a rock pile or a point of land or something that where that current really moves um creates current seams pulls food around it you know all all the different beach structure that we're looking for that can be really good in the winter time i, I remember even in um we did a, a little video project you can check it out on our youtube channel uh back in december and it was a nice sunny day out um which you know is pretty rare for december but um uh, but we had some great cutthroat fishing on top water and we probably hooked you know i mean geez over 20 fish and and um and that's, you know, I don't think that that's that common in the wintertime for, for many anglers. Um, but it was really good for us. We found a bunch of them stacked up and we weren't that far from, uh, from a couple different creeks. So our flies will change um, uh, throughout the season. And, and so sometimes we'll be using like uh, chum fry patterns that, you know, they, these are really popular. People really get excited about the chum fry uh, hatch as those, those juvenile salmon are, are leaving the creeks. Um, and, and, you know, it's kind of like the squalas on, uh, the Yakima, um, like, is it, is it incredible? Is it an incredible hatch? Um, sometimes, I mean, it, it, but, uh, is there a lot of hype? Yes. Um, because it's the first hatch. So, um, 
So the, the, sometimes we'll also have like some juvenile sculpin around in the spring as well. And I found have found fish being selective on sculpins instead of chum fry, even when the chum fry were present. Um, but top water can be really good in the spring. Um, as the season starts to build, there's all of a sudden just a lot of bait fish that are out there. There's uh, there's juvenile smelt, there's juvenile sand lance, herring, um, you know, just all sorts of all sorts of stuff. And so, so when you get into the summer, uh, bait fish patterns, especially olive over white, flashy stuff. We like to fish some flat wing patterns that um, you know. Check out those on our website. They're, they're they're cool. If you're familiar with the deceiver pattern. The deceiver has those feathers uh, tied in on its on the sides of the hook. A flat wing ties the the wings um, on uh, ties those feathers flat, and so they get this like kind of side to side movement, which just is it's um, it just looks great in the water, and the fish fish love it. So we fish a lot of those in the summer, and we start to fish a little bit larger of of patterns. We 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 kind of you know sometimes we'll start fishing three, four, five inch long uh, patterns. Those will work into the fall as well, especially when the coho are, are around. Um, they love to take a, a, a big sand lance pattern or something like that. Um, we, we fish more topwater in the fall. Um, to go quickly go back to the summer, you know, so topwater opportunity, if it's cloudy out, awesome. Uh, definitely great. But there's also the the early and the late topwater opportunities um, you know, I know early in July is really early cause we're talking like five in the morning, uh, 4:45 in the morning type of stuff. But, but man, fish will be really active and just crushing stuff on the top before the sun starts to peak over those, uh, over those Hills. And so, um, so, you know, definitely consider that, uh, when we get into the winter, a lot of the bait fish, uh, that those fish were feeding on, uh, in the spring and in the summer, uh, they're, they're all full grown by now. And, and so, even though salmon may feed on like a, a nine inch sand lance or her big old herring or something like that, you know, the cutthroat aren't really going to feed on that kind of stuff. Um, and so a lot of the, uh, the stuff that we start throwing, we'll still throw sculpins in the winter because those are, are, are around all year. Uh, sometimes people call them bullheads and uh, there is a bullhead sculpin, but there's lots of different sculpin uh, species. There's staghorn sculpin, tide pool sculpin, all sorts of stuff. So uh, those are great for uh, for the wintertime because uh, they're definitely present and available and the fish like to eat those. Uh, but we also fish more uh, like krill patterns, um, crustaceans. So we'll fish uh, euphosids and amphipods and, and some of that kind of stuff. And those are great to be fished on like a floating line or maybe even an intermediate line. But I like to fish a floating line with a little bit of a longer leader uh, tapered to like 4X fluorocarbon. And uh, and cutthroat will will feed on that stuff for sure but it's also a really good setup for resident coho which um which are, is a juvenile coho in in the sound um and you know a lot of times they'll be 10 12 inches but um as the winter progresses they, they grow really fast and we start to find 14 16 18 and then sometimes you luck into bigger ones that are 20 22 inches well, I hope that this helps just talking about the seasonality of cutthroat and the runs and talking about some of the flies and um, and stuff like that. 
Um, if you want to experience fishing for sea run cutthroat trout, we offer guided trips from the beach as well as from our Hobie pedal drive kayaks. We also have a full day beach clinic that goes in depth into some of these topics as well as other topics. Uh, we also take you out on the on the water for a few hours uh, of on the water instruction, learning how to present the fly, retrieve a fly, approach a beach, etc. Um, a great way to to learn more about fishing Puget Sound and get geared up to do it is to join our Fly of the Month program. Our Fly of the Month program it's it's twenty five dollars a month and it gets you flies as well as other fun stuff shipped to your house every month. So you get to pick if you want the freshwater flies or the saltwater flies um, or even both. And then we send an email uh, when we mail out the flies that shares about the flies, where and how to fish them the next month. We share all the dirt, uh, as well as presentation, rigging techniques and tricks. Um, it's a great way to get the flies you need to get out and fish, as well as learn about fishing them in the sound. And you can sign up or check out more information about Fly of the Month on our website at gigharborflyshop.com. Thanks for joining us for this episode of uh, the Gig Harbor Fly Show. Make sure you subscribe. I only listen to podcasts that I subscribe to. And if you subscribe, uh, it's free and you'll get notified of uh, any of the new uh, episodes we have coming out. And uh, we're looking forward to sharing more of what we know to help you be out, get out on the water and be successful. 